This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Spartan's Golden Gate Trail Classic Trail Races, with distances from 10K to 100K. And with the help of a partnership with Nomad Athlete, the Golden Gate Trail Classic will be a 100% plant-based event with all plant-based foods at aid stations and race festivities. Learn more about the trail races at goldengatetrailclassic.com. This episode is also brought to you by our very own Complement Plus, the perfect complement to a plant-based diet, with just the hard-to-get nutrients and nothing else. Learn more at lovecomplement.com and use code NOMEAT at checkout to save $10 off your first order. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Athlete Radio. Matt, I've got a little confession to make. Uh-oh. Social media, you back on? I've got a confession <laughs> Love, love when you can bring a song to it. I know. Well, that one wasn't even planned. I just uh, <laughs> I said it, and I thought of uh, Creed. Is that who that is? Who's, Creed? Who, oh, who that, that yeah. Song? Is that right? I don't know. No, really. no. Some, there's no. There's no way that's Creed. Everclear? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. It's much newer than that, isn't it? I've got a confession to make. It's Foo Fighters. It's Dave Grohl who says. Oh, that. it's Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, course, but yeah. it's not new. It's not. No, it's no. Not new. It's definitely not new, but it's way newer than those songs. That that was '90s stuff you were talking about. Those those Foo Fighters uh, songs are at least 2000s and beyond. Okay. Because I, I didn't like I don't like the Foo Fighters after 2000s. I know I know, I like that's one of the songs that I don't like anymore. Matt, actually, so this is a total tangent. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of '90s bands coming to a brand new outdoor stage in Black Mountain. You might need to oh, camp, take a trip. Man, I would. <laughs> Gin Blossoms, I hope. <laughs> I don't actually remember who. It's it not that. Okay. Well, keep me posted. I, I actually don't like the Gin Blossoms that much. They're okay. Uh, but I have I a, do, feel, I a, feel, a feeling there. You're kind of bands then. It's it's. I mean, like now, I'm I'm just starting to realize like it is completely. It's just like my parents liking oldies when I was little. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, like it seems like it was just yesterday, and, and now I sound like my parents. So I'll stop. Well, but, I, was, uh, I was looking at the lineup for this for this show, and uh, I think that probably none of these bands could have brought in very many people on their own. But when they're all together, you're like, oh, my God, it's like this <laughs> 90s reunion. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, anyway, confession. Yes, I'm back on social media, which you probably Is noticed because I've that, engaged that with. Mean? That was it. Yep. Okay. I'm, back on, I'm back on Instagram. And uh, I, I'm happy to say that the others, I've stayed off the phone, uh, although I have found myself getting on Facebook a little bit more than I was on my computer. Mm-hmm. Which is disappointing. I said today, this morning, that I'm going to stop. I'm going to try to figure out a way to not do that. Maybe log mm-hmm. back out. Maybe do the whole thing again. I don't know. But um, but yeah, I'm back on Instagram, and I'm okay with it. I've set up some ground rules, and um, you know, I see, I feel myself slipping a little bit past those. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out to where I can I can engage on on Instagram in a healthy manner. Yep. But I'm I'm actually blaming you for it because it was you getting on Instagram that, oh, you that had to piqued get, my you curiosity. Had to see, you had to see real Matt Fraser. The, the... I had to see real Matt <laughs> Fraser. Take you know, see what he was up to and. <laughs> It was right around then, and I was like, "Hmm, I wonder. I wonder if I should <laughs> put this back That's on my funny. phone." Well, I think. Uh, I mean, it's a hundred percent different when you're doing it mindfully, right? Like, like most mm-hmm. people have. They were the frog in boiling water that that slowly, you know, got into this and never, never even recognized that there's another option. So, but so you do it just like any other thirty day challenge. We talk about them. Uh, the point isn't necessarily to make a permanent change; it's to complete a challenge, and then. You have an experience of what it's like to do something different, and as we say, often that ends up making the change later, but kind of a necessary first step. 
So I think yeah. that's I think it's a good good mindfulness you were bringing to this addiction. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. I know, I know what it's like on the other side now. I know. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll have to do a check-in in a couple months and see, see how I'm feeling about it. Yeah, good. But speaking of that, kind of, I guess this is what inspired some new reading by you, right? Um, well, no. No? <laughs> Didn't, but I thought, not, not... <laughs> what about digital minimalism? Didn't you read that one and then that led you to this one or did you not do that? Oh well, the one we're talking about today was not had nothing to do with uh, digital minimal, minimalism or except or, it's the same uh, author. It is the same author, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But but uh, it was Michael, our our colleague Michael, right. who who read Deep Work and uh, and encouraged me to read it. And mm-hmm. and I I have been I I have to admit though I read about half of it uh, on my first vacation about a month ago, <laughs> and the, <laughs> and just about finished it on on uh, my second vacation a, a month like three weeks later. So it wasn't, I w- didn't dedicate deep work time to reading this book, <laughs> which was maybe a little bit of a problem, but I, I really have been moved by the concept and, um, and, you know, I mean, it's something we've talked a lot about in the past. You've talked about the book several times in the past. Uh, and it, it's, you know, I think it's something we both believe in, uh, the mm-hmm. strategy, but I'm really happy to read the book and I'm excited to kind of talk about it today. Good. Yeah, me too. Uh, it seems like this is a theme that is catching on, even for people who have never heard of the book. Uh, I have this sense that that the whole world is kind of tired of being as maybe maybe COVID did it to people. Uh, this you know this this period when like we, we could have gotten a whole lot accomplished. Granted, everyone was stressed and different stuff going on, but a lot of people didn't. Right, a lot of people just checked their phones the whole time, and mm-hmm. I think I think people have realized that like we really have have gotten. Uh, I mean, addicted is sort of a not that useful of a word, but we, we've it's just like we're so uh, we just get pulled in all these directions. We don't focus on anything, and and can't focus on anything. Uh, and and one example is I was just on vacation, a beach vacation with family, extended family, and my cousin and her son, uh, they're doing this thing like the slow reading movement. I think they were calling it, which you know not that different from slow food, um, which is the slow movement that I know. Uh, but the idea is not that you're reading slowly. It's that you're with a partner. You sit there and you read together. You read different things, but you but hmm. you have a time limit of 45 minutes where you sit there and you read, and you kind of are there to hold each other accountable. You also hmm. kind of get the sense of spending time with a person, even though you're not talking, which I think is a really good way to spend time with someone sometimes. Um, but the point was, like, if you're by, if you're by yourself and you try to read for 45 minutes, it's so easy to just get pulled out of it. Uh, but when you're there with someone, it just kind of makes you stick with it, even when you might feel an impulse to go do something else. And, you know, I asked them about it and their reasons for it. And it was it was basically this. Like, that we just, we, no one, you know, we just do surface level folks now, and we just get pulled away immediately. And I think I think people are, are ready for this. Yeah, I mean, you don't do anything just a single task anymore. You don't, you know, you don't stand in line without looking at your phone. You don't um, sit at dinner half the time without people pulling out a phone. You yeah. don't run or or ride your bike or anything without music or a podcast like people are always constantly multitasking and uh, and it's always with these kind of short little bites of things yeah um and it wears on you i mean it really i really do think it it wears on you And, and like you said this past year with covid with spending so much time at home spending so much time by myself or with just my family I've noticed how strong of a pull I am towards all those things. And, 
And the whole, you know, every app on your phone, every new business basically is trying to find a way to grab that short attention span you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that probably was contributing too, right? That that whole, uh, whatever the movie, the documentary is called. I'm blanking on the name. You know it. The, I don't know what you're talking about. The one about social media? The social dilemma, yeah. Social dilemma, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, yeah, it just, it seems like it's it's becoming sort of a mainstream thing that people mm-hmm. are, are kind of sick of this. Or at least they understand. At least they're, they're bringing mindfulness to it. And they understand that now... When they get pulled away, it's no longer they don't realize they got distracted. Or it is, but I mean, at least they can step back and say, hey, "This is happening," and I'd I'd like it to be a little different. Than that. Not that not that this stuff is bad. Like I don't. I hope no one gets that idea that we think like phones and technology are bad because right, they're not. Sure. They're great, mm-hmm. and, and it's good entertainment, and it's it's really cool that you can listen to a podcast while you're gardening now or falling asleep. But it's just like that shouldn't be the only thing we do. That shouldn't be the only way we garden or the only way we fall asleep is listening to something. There should be some space for other deeper thinking and mm-hmm. deeper work yeah so before we dive into the deep work real quick I, I you mentioned the uh kind of doing things in parallel without actually hanging out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i was just having a talk about this with katie yesterday um and how a lot of my friend time these days is like either running at five thirty in the morning with a group of guys or playing disc golf or something like that and she makes fun of me because I'll come home and she's like, how's, you know, how's Paul? How's Griffin? And uh, I'm like, I have, I have no idea. We, we hardly spoke <laughs> yeah. to each other. You right. know? Or we didn't speak about anything other than like the act, the thing that we were doing. And, um, and for some reason, I've, I've been really like appreciating that. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels, it, not that I don't like to have deep conversations with these people too, because I love that and like having a beer and, and talking and whatever. But um just doing things in parallel with people is 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 a refreshing in a different way i think yeah i think you're right uh it would be interesting if there was a woman here to contribute because i i think this is sort of a classic you know husband and wife difference thing that <laughs> right, that the right. wife will spend time with friends and come home and just have all these things to say about everything and then she says well how's your friend's baby and it's like oh I f- we didn't talk about the new baby yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the one that was born yesterday right right Mm-hmm. All right, so we do want to talk about deep work and and what it is and uh, and then how you know how it, it not just pertains to productivity and work itself, but also your health and fitness habits and that kind of thing. Um, since I think that this will be a little bit of a shorter episode, why don't we go ahead and thank our sponsors? This episode is brought to you by the Golden Gate Trail Classic Trail Races in San Francisco, which this year is going 100% plant-based. The Golden Gate Trail Classic will be held November 20th and 21st and is part of the Spartan Trail World Championship, a big weekend-long trail and ultra-marathon event with races for everyone. 10K, half-marathon, 50K, 100K options. I think that now that it's all settled and we figured out that the team is all going to San Francisco, you and I are both running the half-marathon. Is that right? Yeah, that's pretty certain. Erin might do the 50K, in which case I will crew her, help her. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I went from the 100K down to the half marathon, but it'll be <laughs> awesome, awesome to, like, I'll be running as an event with people, yeah. and, and then it'll give us time to, like, do meetups and stuff. Yeah. Starting in San Francisco, you'll travel across the Golden Gate Bridge at sunrise and venture into the fabled Marin Headlands where spellbinding panoramas and of the mountains and seas await. I watched a little video clip about it this morning, and it is going to be sick. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> and Matt, did you know that the ultramarathon man himself, Dean Carnassus, will be, will be playing host? I did know that. Will Dean be going plant-based for the, for the weekend? I don't know. That's a good question. But, I mean, here's the big part. 
We're helping them go 100% plant-based for the event. Aid stations, post-race food vendors, it will all be plant-based with No Meat Athlete leading the charge with the decisions around what foods to feature. We'll even be providing our brand new food performance fuel plant bites, which everyone has probably heard about and I certainly use all the time to fuel my runs. That will be out on the course for everyone to enjoy. Yeah, that should be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, most likely, like I said, my wife's going to run one of the distance. Well, she's going to run one. I don't know if it'll be the 50K or the half marathon. Uh, I'm probably going to do the half. And uh, my son, Holden, is going to run the 10K, which is oh, super fun. He's never a whole family event. Race. Love it. Yeah, and Ellery will be there, but I don't think she'll run a 10K. Unlikely. If you've ever run a trail race, you know the challenges of not knowing what vegan foods will be available at aid stations or when you finish, which is usually like in a park, not in a city street. You have to figure out what you're going to eat, which is a real challenge. If you get done with a race and you're like starving and all they have is hamburgers or something. I've done it. It's terrible. At the Golden Gate Trail Classic, you no longer have to worry. (laughs) This is an incredible (laughs) opportunity for us to show up and gather as a community. Like I said, we're going to have a meetup on on one day, TBD, and to show all the other non-plant-based runners what's possible on plants. We're thrilled to be working with Spartan for this event and can't wait to show you guys the best darn aid stations ever. To learn more and register, go to GoldenGateTrailClassic.com. That's GoldenGateTrailClassic.com. We hope to see you there. This episode is also brought to you by Complement Plus, the eight critical, hard-to-get nutrients on a plant-based diet all in one place. Doug, I think we can all agree that the plant-based diet is a nutrient powerhouse. Right? I, I agree. Yes, okay, I think good. we can. Just making sure. <laughs> but no matter how great the plant-based diet is for your long-term health, no diet is perfect. Even a well-planned diet can lack a few important nutrients for your health. That's where Complement Plus comes in. We provide the eight hard-to-get nutrients in science-backed, bioavailable amounts all in a simple black capsule you take daily. It includes the nutrients you hear a lot about, like vitamin B12, D3, and the omega-3s, DHA, and EPA. But we've also added a handful of nutrients that are technically available through plant foods, but most of us just aren't getting enough of them. This is zinc, iodine, K2, magnesium, and selenium. And that's it. Everything else you're probably already getting in abundance through your plant-based foods, so there's no reason for you to take a big multivitamin that has all that stuff. Matt, when do you, when do you take Complement Plus? I take mine at... Bedtime. This actually came up in the Q&A session last night for our hmm. plant-based athlete book. Um, our friend Bianca asked, she's noticed in my week in the life bonus where I shared what I, how I eat all week long, that I always take my compliment plus at nighttime. And she asked why. And I said, really, there was no reason. I've heard that B12 can interfere with sleep. So I tried taking it in the morning, but didn't have any difference. So uh, for me, I just take it at the nighttime because that's kind of a hat, like, you know, brush your teeth, take the compliment plus. For me, it's how I remember to do it. But mm-hmm. uh, how about you? I take mine right after breakfast, or right kind of with breakfast, I guess. Mm-hmm. We do a family a family compliment. <laughs> all, we all eat breakfast together, pretty much. And so uh, Eliza takes her compliment core. Katie mm-hmm. and I take compliment plus. Is it like, all... a, it's like taking a shot, like one, two, three, compliment? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it should no, be. It should be like that. Arriba, abajo. With, <laughs> with compliment plus, we've made it a complete no-brainer. To give it a shot. See that, Doug? A shot. A Every shot. batch is third-party tested for potency and purity, and those results are shared right on our website for everyone to see. There's also a 30-day risk-free guarantee, so if you're not happy, you just shoot us an email, and we'll refund your purchase. And when you sign up for a flexible subscription, you'll get 15% off each bottle. We know that the best thing you can do for your own health, the health of the community, and the growth of this movement is to ensure that we're all thriving on a plant-based diet for the long term. 
Learn more about Compliment Plus at lovecompliment.com and use code NOMEAT at checkout to save an additional $10. That's lovecompliment.com and use NOMEAT to save. Do you know that? Arriba, abajo, al centro, por dentro. I do not not know that. Take the shot? No? Okay. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you you learn when you study abroad in college. Yeah. Up, down, Alexander, what was it? Al centro. Oh, Everybody in, cheers. And then inside. And then inside. Okay. I thought you said Alessandro, like it was for somebody. (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. Deep work. Yes. Deep work. Back to it. So how how does this apply to the Nomad Athlete listener? Who doesn't care about work? (laughs) Well, okay. I mean, I think we should maybe talk a little bit more about what it is. Or maybe do you think we've covered that? (laughs) Basically, deep work is undistracted work right so right now most of us are working and also have emails coming in or slack messages or um you know you have a a co-worker colleague who's popping in and it's hard to actually get into a, a place where you're focused on one single task and one single thing for a prolonged amount of time right yes Did I describe exactly. that correctly you got it um and that prevents a lot of people from doing the deep thinking and the deep uh, concentrated work that produce some of the biggest ideas and the biggest, most, uh, you know, uh, you know, a book or, or something really substantial that's going to propel your business or your work or whatever to the next level, right? Yeah, because I, mean, I, think, I think most insights, as much as we like to imagine, like getting struck by a bolt of lightning insight when we're in the shower, which can happen, but... Even if that happens, it only happens because there was a lot of deep thinking that went into something ahead of time to kind of sow the seeds. And yeah. if, you know, every time you get distracted, you are pulled out of this and then it takes you, there's a cost to getting back into it and it takes time. And, you know, you're not going to have the same insights in your first two minutes of thinking about something as you are when you're a half an hour into it. And same goes for writing or whatever else. So it's like, yeah, you, if you can't, you can't always just stay on the surface. You need to have this ability to go deep on things and that requires time and focus and no distractions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so when I was reading the like best practices for deep work, which I'll, I'll go through them real quick, uh, it it reminded me of some other things that are, are related aside from productivity, aside from work itself. So the best practices, uh, understand how, how you work, so uh, your depth philosophy. So understand the best way that you work. Plan your time. Decide what you want to achieve. Establish rituals. Become unavailable. Know you'll stop and actually stop, assess how you did, and ri- and finally enrich your downtime. And so basically, you know, it's understanding how you work. It's making sure you have a, f- a real plan and rituals and habits that ensure that you actually get there. And then removing any of the obstacles, removing any of the distractions from doing it. And as I think about someone who is maybe trying to be fit for the first time, who's trying to run a race or something like that, it's it's kind of this. You you kind of need to do the same thing. You need to understand. You need to have a plan for uh, how you're going to do your training. You need to make sure that you're carving out that time and actually getting it on the calendar. And you can't touch it. Like this is my workout time. This is my my fitness time. And then establish the rituals. You know the habits, the things that are actually going to get you to do it. And then make sure that you do it. You know become unavailable. Yeah. And so, what do you think is the alternative? Like like do you think a lot of people take this distracted mindset that we all have towards work or reading or whatever, um, and and they apply that 
you know, not, not on purpose, but that that's just how they, by default, try to go about their training? Yeah, well, I think that you, I think that a lot of people, um, including myself, will say, all right, I'm going to run at some point during the day. You know, I know I, I want to run today, but I don't really have a plan. I don't really have a time, like, carved out for it. And uh, and then I don't really get to it, or I, or I kind of put it off, and I only have a half an hour instead of the hour that I would have intended, and I just have to rush it out and kind of crank out something that, that's not all that useful. Or you don't necessarily come in with a, a real structure to what you're going to do, and you kind of spend time, waste, waste time in the gym, like not really knowing what weights to lift or where you're going to go next, what machine you're going to get on, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that for sure. I think uh, I think that people I, – I think the main thing here is not so much like doing your training in an undistracted manner. Like that's not really the point, although that's a nice right. thing to do. Um, but you can still listen to podcasts or whatever. Yeah, right. Because the, the benefits to your training aren't necessarily greater when you don't be distracted, right? When you right. don't have something to occupy your mind the, the way they are with, you know, thinking or, or reading or whatever. Like those are things clearly you couldn't be listening to a podcast and still do as good of a job on them. Um, but that's not the point what we're talking about with fitness. I think what, what we mean here is like in the same way you need to cordon off some section of your day and say, this is only for this deep work. And it's a scheduled time because I know if I don't schedule it, then it's just probably not going to happen because it's it's not you know it, there's there's no one but you who's tugging at you saying I need to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with every, every other thing, all the distractions, there's someone else doing it. And I think the same way with fitness is that uh, or any practice really, like you're the only one who who really wants you to do it. I mean, like you, people you live with or care about you, they may want you to do it, but typically they're not going to be. It's just not their place to be nagging you and saying, hey hey, don't forget to do this, don't forget to do this. Um, that's kind of up to you. And and the only for most people the only way that really happens is if you schedule it and plan that a certain time is for that because everything else becomes more urgent than than this thing and and it tends to get pushed off and then eventually you just don't do it. Yeah, and the other thing that <clears throat> this kind of reminded me of was a strategy I took um, when training for my last hundred mile race a couple of years ago now I guess, uh, and that was I. We, uh, you know, I was busy with work and family and all these things. I didn't have the time to train that I would have had for previous 100 milers. And so I, I changed my strategy to where like once a month I was going for a really, really long run. And then the rest uh, of my quote unquote long runs were much shorter than they would have been before. And I was trying to kind of carve out this dedicated time uh, that was for, all for training and for training only where I could really get a solid training block in and certain weeks that were much more intense than others to allow for space on those other ones. And, you know, part of this deep work strategy, I think the ideal would be like, if you locked yourself away for a month, did like a month long retreat or, or, or longer, and you were really completely dist- uh, undistracted from the outside world, but that's not a reality for everybody, for most people, um, with work or with, with things like training and hobbies. Uh, but, but they, Cal Newport outlines some some strategies, some philosophies for how to kind of integrate it into your day and restructure your day and restructure your week so that you're allowing time for deep work. And I, I think that that's kind of what I did with that training was um, say, okay, I know I'm not going to be able to run every day. I know I'm not going to be able to do a traditional training block, but I'm going to dedicate really specific times to go really deep into my training to go really long to work myself really hard and then use the other time to kind of recover and and do everything else Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, another, this is only barely related to that, but like, <laughs> I think another, I guess this is part of the guidelines, but like when we say you block off a time and you schedule it and it's for you, I think people still, if it's just running, it's running is sort of by nature, um, takes you away from distractions. Uh, most people, not, not most, but a lot of people run with their phone now. I don't know if most do or not. Um, and so if, if you get a phone call while you're running, I think it's unlikely most people will stop their run to answer a call. They'll probably not answer during that time. But I know if I'm like doing a kettlebell workout at home, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there are a billion distractions that still happen. Uh, and I, I think like for me, it's it's a no brainer not to answer a phone call during that because I'm not doing that. I'm not doing work then. I'm not talking to that. I'm mean, doing the workout then. Um but I think that a lot of people don't have that mindset still. I think there are a lot of people who a phone call from someone else is just, you know, for whatever reason in their mind, that's the most urgent thing at the, at the moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, when someone calls, you answer. Uh, I tend not to, I don't know if this is from Cal Newport. I don't think it is. Um, I almost never answer phone calls if they're not scheduled. And <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> I know. And people get frustrated about it. But just I just have to do that. I just think it's, I don't know. It just, it just helps. Um, it helps me prioritize basically and say if, if that wasn't my decision to have that call right now it's not that i'm unwilling to schedule one but uh you know i'm, I'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing instead of answering a call that wasn't scheduled and i think even if that's not going to be your policy of your whole life uh i do think during these kinds of things it's it's really important that you make that your policy otherwise your workout takes an hour and a half instead of 30 minutes because mm-hmm. uh, you're constantly you know, and then it turns into the, in your mind this big thing that that is really hard to get done uh so i think you know, as as hard as it is, actually turning off the phone might be a good strategy for a lot of people during during this time. Yeah, and you know, just putting it on on night mode or whatever it's called. Yeah, where you just don't get the right get on the get the thing, so you can continue to use Strava or listen to a podcast, whatever you need. Yep. Uh, what about diet, Doug? Is there any, or I mean, is there more with fitness that, that no, you I don't think so. Apply I think that's, this concept. That's, that's kind of what I was prepared to talk about <laughs> yeah so we got to go quickly because uh another scheduled phone call coming up um but <laughs> i was trying to think very quickly about diet and does, does this apply to diet in some way and the only way that i can think about it in applying to diet is kind of with the mindfulness and, and i keep saying mindfulness but the the deliberateness of your food choices um that usually takes some actual focus to to plan a meal, plan the week of meals if that's how you do it. Uh, go to the store, make the food, and the you know the shallow way of eating is eat what is readily available and what's in your cupboard right now and what you're craving right now, instead of you know actually taking the time to to figure out what you're going to eat. Uh, so I don't know if there's there's really too much, especially like in the way of like convert you know transitioning your diet to a new diet is there some way that doing deep work can help you with that not really except for to me the the kind of the scheduling it thing is is really it um and that is to say like a lot of people want to start eating a certain way or they want to start eating better uh but there's just no there's no actual activity or action because it's just this very nebulous idea of like well like I, i hope that i can sort of change how i do it instead of actually taking some time and deciding exactly how that's going to be exactly how it is you want to eat and, how, and then what you need to do to do it uh and then and then putting in a time and kind of making it a practice potentially like if, if you're transitioning to a new type of diet 
it does take a lot of focus and energy. Uh, it doesn't mean you need to schedule times when you're cooking and all that, but but maybe it does mean that. I don't know. I mean, at least at least scheduling the meal, making sure you have the stuff on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's sort of the equivalent of deep work here, and I, I don't think it's a very strong parallel, but it, it does apply a little bit. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, short episode today. Um, I hope people take this lesson as, and use it in some way uh if nothing else check out the book it's actually a very very good book it's one sort of those inspiring books that makes you want to uh be be more deliberate about how you spend your time and uh it led me to digital minimalism his other book which i thought i mean very similar themes and it's about shutting off social media and stuff like that so that you can do more deep work basically right uh, so anyway check out cal newport stuff been impactful for both of us and i guess that's it anything else today doug don't think so. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes. Thanks we'll for see listening. you next week. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.